Hello and welcome back to Calix Cafe. Today I am talking to Joe McDonald and Jeff Timmons, who are both from Merck, about the Merck and Organon spin-off. I can't wait to get started. Hi everyone and welcome back to Calix Cafe where today I am joined by not one but two guests Joe McDonnell and Jeff Timmons from Merck and we're going to talk about the Organon spin-off. Hi Joe and hi Jeff, welcome to the Calix Cafe. How are you today? Good morning Sylvain, very well. Thank you. Hello, doing well, thank you. So thank you for joining us today. Do you have any drinks or should I take your drinks orders? Uh, I have my coffee right here, thank you. Yeah, and mine uh, as well, so I'm, I'm good, thank you. Very nice, what do you usually go for? Do you have a, a special drink? For, for me, the first thing in the morning is a triple espresso to supercharge my day and then I move on to regular coffee. Yep, and I, I start with just regular coffee, uh, but you know, two two to three cups a day, and and I'm I'm good to go. So thank you. Okay, I like to supercharge your your morning. That's <laughs> that's good. Um, all right. So uh, before we go into uh, talking about the spin-off itself, um, I'd quite like to uh, know where you started in the industry, how you, you got into Merck. So would you be able to share that with us, please? Sure, um, I, I, I'll start. Um, I joined Merck um, right out of grad school in 1988. Uh, started off in basic research. Um, I was an in vivo pharmacologist. Um, and um, as Merck has always put an emphasis on career development, one of the things I discovered is that the company supports your educational um, advancement in any area of Merck, not just in the sciences for me, for example. And so I went on for my um, MBA and then eventually my MPH. And as a result of that, I moved over to the regulatory side of Merck in 1996. Um, and I've been in regulatory in different capacities, um, but pretty much in the regulatory area since then. So I guess you would say I'm a Merck lifer. Nice. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, so I, I started, I guess, 10 years after Joe. If Joe was 88, I was 98. Uh, but I, I came in through the steering plow uh, rank. So I was a, a power builder programmer and started when we had an in-house uh, product registration system that we, we built. Um, I then moved on to the regulatory business uh, where I spent seven years uh, reporting to the head of regulatory operations. Um, I then came back to IT um, essentially to run the migration for what we know today as our uh, product registration tracking system, Orion. Wow, both very interesting paths, uh, many different roles within Merck, that's, that's amazing. Um, so we'll go into the, the spin-off itself, uh, but I think our audience would be interested in, first of all, uh, understanding uh, what your involvement in, in the spin-off itself was. Um, but before we go into that, would you be able to, to share with us uh, why this spin-off occurred? 
Yeah, I, I think we're allowed to share things now um, since it's all in the in the public domain. So, so um, this really goes back, I I, I would say, to um, when Merck uh, merged with sharing in 2009 um, to improve its pipeline. There were very there were a lot of sharing products that were very complementary to where Merck wanted to go. Um, however, sharing and, and Jeff, you know this this better than I do. Even sharing had purchased Organon, which did exist back then in 2007, which had a specialty in women's health. Um, and since that that merger with sharing, we've been trying to kind of balance that. And I think what the company has found is that the portfolio is so varied, and in order to focus on the key areas. Um, that Merck wants to focus on, and especially to get a, a stronger footprint in the oncology area, it really made sense to to diversify, right? So um, to, to take the women's health as well as the first-line drug products and and spin those off so that that, that could be a specialty company, um, and then we can focus on the areas that, that we really wanted to focus on. Uh, so it's a case of focusing on, on your key areas then. Uh, that makes sense, yes. And as you know, we've also uh, been through, through a spin-off ourselves and that's something that actually we can relate to very much. Um, so in terms of the spin-off itself, uh, would you be able to tell us how you first got involved in it and what your role was, please? Sure. sure. Um, so uh, I think um, Jeff and I were brought under the tent and under the tent is a term saying, uh, indicating that you were privileged to at the time, it's very confidential information. So um, I was brought under the tent um, uh, about a year and a half prior to SPIN, and we were told that the, the, the first major system that had to go live was going to be Orion, which is Merck's um, you know, version of the Insight product. Um, I, I, I represent the business side of Orion, and Jeff represents the IT side. So um, it was important that, that we had to be up and ready before any other system, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say that we were. How about you, Jeff? How did you come into the team or under the tent? Yeah, so so just to kind of add on to, to what Joe was saying, so this, this concept of being under the tent, I think originally um, there was some, some higher level um, IT management that was kind of brought in originally and then Joe um, kind of sent out a plea for my 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 assistants to uh to come in and, and help him with the, you know being uh kind of my, my partner in crime here at, at Merck um but uh yeah it's exactly as Joe described the you know the implementation was was very aggressive uh we had you know obviously due to the sensitivity of the the transaction right uh working with Calix working with uh different vendors you know getting NDAs in place and and so forth um you know, to, to make sure that, that this kind of stayed under wraps because it was not public knowledge uh, that, that we were spinning off um, a separate company here. Um, but again, like Joe said, we, we delivered on, on, you know, one of the first uh, systems for Organon uh, due to the critical nature of, of product registration tracking and uh, product release, market to product release, which was uh, critical uh, to the new company. So um, that, that's the story. 
Well, congratulations. It sounds like uh, you achieved something very, very important for, for the company. Um, so you both mentioned uh, the timelines and uh, I think you, you said that it was uh, quite short timelines in a way, but you also mentioned, Joe, uh, that you were brought into the tent uh, a year and a half before the spin-off. So it seems quite long, uh, but I imagine there's quite a lot to do. Um, so would you say that uh, th this process was, was long enough for you or was it, uh, were you under pressure at all? Um, it, it definitely was under pressure, right? Because they were bringing people on in waves. Um, and certainly there were people that were under the tent far longer than Jeff and I. Um, the first thing that um, I discovered when I was brought under the tent that we needed to bring additional people under the tent, people from my team, Jeff, and people from his team as well. Because not only did we have to replicate um, the Orion environment um, for Organon in a new system called Reliant, um, um, uh, the good news is that we, we had already done an evaluation of other vendors for registration management tools and we, we, we were pretty confident that this was best in breed, right? So we knew that we didn't have to look at any other potential tools for um, or Organon. The problem was though that we were going from a, an on-prem based um, system to a cloud-based system. And so for that very reason, we needed to have more IT involvement. And we had to replicate um, over 180 reports and queries that we had done. So that was an awful lot of work that needed to be done. A year and a half may sound like a lot of time, but it really isn't for all of that that work that needs to be done. And you know, there's always that that initial phase of people just kind of stumbling over each other, trying to figure out, you know, um, you, you know what needs to be done next. And it seemed at each juncture we were we were stymied a little bit because there weren't the appropriate people who were under the tent who had an expertise. So a lot of the time in the beginning was spent um, requesting additional people under the tent, uh, at least from the business perspective. I know Jeff has a, um, a, a different take on the IT side. Yeah, and definitely from, from the IT side, like Joe mentioned, uh, bringing the people um, it was certainly one, one aspect of it, but the other was the technology, right? Um, the, the new company, for example, did not even have a, a network stood up. So like Joe mentioned, we were moving from an on-prem to a, a cloud-based solution uh, for Organon. Uh, we didn't even have a network stood up at the time. So we were, were essentially blazing a trail to um, stand up things like VPN and, and, uh, and tunnels and things like this uh, with the networking team, you know, in real time, because again, the, the network and the, the facilities for that, the infrastructure, um, had not been established at, at that point. So um, it, we did have those sorts of challenges, but again, we we overcame and 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 I think blazed a trail for a lot of other uh, applications that came after us uh, with this, you know, network, you know, basic network things that you assume are in place, right? Uh, but when you're standing up a new company and data center and things along those lines, um, you know, the, those things were, were challenges that, that we certainly overcame for that. Wow. So. So if I understand correctly, you, you had to build a, a full network uh, from the ground up and you also had to keep it uh, a secret from a lot of people within Merck and I assume a lot of people outside the company as well. Is that right? Did I get it right? 
Yep, that that's a hundred percent right. Like like Joe said, as we as we move through the project and and need to, so for example, we brought in a, a project manager and and things along those lines, right? But uh, from a technology standpoint, right, working with a, a third party networking vendor, um, you know, not, not somebody that I'm used to working with every day, but um, you know, again, to set up that that infrastructure for the new company, and and again, they were building out the entire data center, uh, both. Uh, co-located, you know, on-prem and uh, cloud-based uh, to support Organon uh, for everything from, you know, email to, you know, basic authentication. So um, that that was that was kind of the, some of the challenges we were up against um, for this implementation because everything was brand new. Well, that's uh, incredible. Um, and so, like, did you um, have to um, Keep it a secret as well from from partners, or uh, would you were, were you able to share with partners? And if so, how did you manage like the the secrecy around it by still like opening with uh, other partners? Yes. So um, in terms of partners other than Calix, I don't think there was a big need to know. I know initially the idea was that we weren't even going to bring on. Um, we were only going to bring on one or two individuals from Calix. It was Paracel at the time. Um, and we were very adamant that we needed to bring on other individuals that we had had a long-standing relationship with in the regulatory consulting area because there were some other challenges that we knew that we were going to face. And and we, we persuaded them to bring those folks on. And I think having a robust partner team, Paracel, later Calix, um, on board really made the difference of making it successful, right? So, um, you know, that was an important thing that we we, we kind of had to fight for. Yeah, and, and another thing I'll, I'll point out, sorry, uh, Sylvan, but um, it, we kind of started each meeting with, uh, you know, are you under the tent, right? To, to kind of yeah. establish up front who was, who was okay to, um, you know, continue the discussion and, and who was not, because again, you know, with NDAs and, you know, confidentiality agreements and things like that uh, needing to be in place, it, it was very, very sensitive nature, this, this project. So, um, and we had code names for everything. So that, that was another thing to, to try to keep track of, uh, you know, the, the project code names and what they meant for uh, different aspects of the project. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And uh, by the way, did, did they let you out of the tent or are you still locked in the tent? Well, um, I, I, I think I think the tent is open to everyone now, um, although we are not we, we are certainly not done with this process by any means. Right. There is um, there are a myriad of um, TSAs in place because, uh, you know, a lot of our knowledge went to Organon. A lot of Merck employees went to Organon. And it was agreed that until that knowledge transfer occurs, that um, they would still assist. There's also products that are intended to go to Organon that have not transferred yet. So they will be supported by the Organon staff, but they now need access to both Reliant and Orion, right? The two versions of the Insight installation at the different companies. Um, and so, so we have meetings, I would say, Jeff, on a, at least a weekly basis, if not daily basis, yep. on the data transfer from, from the Orion system to the Reliance system and, get, and and maintaining the access for Organon employees back into our system. So, um, you know, while it may seem on paper that it's done, it's it's still a long way to go. And I think we'll be working very closely with these individuals at least until 2023, if not further. 
Wow, that's a very long process, but it sounds like you, you really have it very well um, thought and, and it seems like a very well structured process. Um, so I'm conscious of time, I, I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but before we wrap up, um, I, I would really uh, be interested in, um, in uh, understanding from you if there's any uh, lesson learned from your side that you, you would uh, use if you had to, to go through a similar process. And I'm sure everyone will, will find that very interesting. Sure. Uh, from the business side, I think the biggest lesson learned is even if the company says this is your number one priority, um, it, it doesn't stop all of the other work, right? We, you know, we work in a regulatory area, so maintaining registrations and, and maintaining um, regulatory compliance cannot be put on hold because you're doing a spinoff, right? So a, a, as much as, as, as it's nice to say you should give 100% effort to this, um, it wasn't possible. So, so a key lesson learned is we really need to backfill in certain areas so that we can do both things because we, you know, we had to continue to do our jobs. We even did um, two upgrades of um, the Merck version of Orion during that period of time because we needed it to stay compliant from a regulatory perspective. Um, you know, in the future we'll be in the cloud and that will be less of a hassle. But while on-prem, that's an awful lot of work. And another lesson learned is that that we're learning right now. Um, if you're in an, a situation like this and a good portion of your colleagues and long-term friends are moving over to another company, it becomes very difficult to, to start viewing them as another company and a partner as opposed to, um, you know, a friend that you've worked with for 20 some years. And so there are asks that come in that may not be completely appropriate and you have to get comfortable with saying, no, we can't really do that. You have to go through the proper channels. It's not me talking to you, it's Merck talking to Organon. And that is the agreement that's in place. And that can be difficult at times. Yeah, I, uh, I fully uh, understand that. Uh, we've experienced exactly the same thing at our end. And, and it's, uh, I agree with you, it makes it relatively difficult at times, uh, but you always need to remind yourself of, of the process you've been through. How about you, Jeff? Any lesson learned from your end? Yeah, I think I could, I could reiterate the same, you know, the same that, that Joe mentioned, um, because again, we, we still had our day jobs, right? And, and had our Merck, you know, responsibilities and, uh, you know, regulatory compliance objectives to, to stay on track with while at the same time, you know, spinning up a new company. So I think the, the concept of, of backfill is, is an important one. Um, again, if, if not for the, the new company for, you know, uh, helping out with, with some of our existing, uh, you know, day jobs with, with Merck, right? Um, on the specific to the IT side, again, the, the thing I mentioned about the infrastructure, I think that was, that was key. And, you know, again, standing up a new company is not something you do every day, right? But again, I think working um, in collaboration with the networking and the infrastructure folks to, you know, just make sure everybody's on the same page as far as, you know, what we're doing here. And, you know, a, a lot of it was kind of seat, seat by our pants, you know, we were just flying and, and you know, um, you know, standing up a new network for Organon a, as we went, which, oh, by the way, we're, you know, connecting out, you know, through various clouds, through AWS, through uh, Azure and, and others. So, um, you know, it was, um, Definitely a, a lesson learned there to, to have some, you know, key, key collaboration uh, concepts to, to working with our 
uh, fellow IT and and with Joe in, in the business, obviously. But that was, I, I'd say, the lessons learned for us. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff you remind me of something, too. Um, if, if you're ever involved in this and you hear someone saying it's a simple clone and go, yeah. I, would, I would run because there was <laughs> no such thing as a simple clone and go because um, a system like Insight is connected to so many other systems and system A will be replicated, but system B will be different. Um, and so so there is no such thing as a simple clone and go right there. There there's there's challenges at every integration point as well. Yeah, it yeah. sounds easy enough. Yeah, just, just clone the system in the cloud, right? And, and away we go. But it, it, I think we all know it's, it's a little more uh, challenging than that, right? Yes, no system is, uh, is in isolation now and you need to consider the full architecture around it. They're very good point. And thank you for sharing those lessons learned. Um, so uh, my last question, uh, which is always the same one, but we really like uh, to hear from our guests what they'd like to see in the future of clinical trials or for yourselves in regulatory, for example. So is there anything that you see in the future that gets you excited? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, other than the science, because I'm a scientist first and foremost, um, the, the, the changes and things that I never thought would come about, like um, the FDA, the TGA and Health Canada actually doing um, joint reviews for oncology products, that's pretty exciting. And I think for me personally, um, what gets me going and, and charges me is there are so many opportunities to take this really complex regulatory environment and add technical solutions working with vendors such as Calix. And you know now there's robotic process automation, there's workflows, there's a lot of great new technologies that, that we can overlay on this to make it um, easier and better. And, while from a day-to-day -day standpoint, it may not look like you know we're dealing with the same problems. If you know having the advantage of being at Merck so long, if I step back and look at our technology, even from just 10 years ago, we've made substantial strides, and I think that's just going to continue to get better. And that's 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 what I find exciting. So technology for uh, simplification, essentially. Right, right, right. The, the regulatory environment gets harder and harder. So how do we help take that burden off the users and make the system simpler and simpler? Okay. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think from the from the technology side, again, uh, like Joe mentioned, the, the regulatory landscape is is constantly changing, right? So with with new things like ECTD four um, and some of the things uh, coming out of the EU with the UCTR and, and IDMP, right? Being able to um, you know essentially make this as seamless as possible for the user, because again, they they don't um, you know really. Um, not that they don't care, but they, they don't, you know, the, the details that underneath are, are, are secondary to the technology, right? So if we can make it easier for the users to, you know, do their jobs and, and, you know, at the same time, you staying compliant and being able to, um, you know, support our, our community, then, then I think we're, we're in a good place. Yeah. And uh, that sounds like what we should all aim for. So, um, um... <laughs> I fully agree with you, 100%. Um, so that's all we've got time for today. Uh, it's been very, very interesting. So thank you both for uh, joining me here at uh, Calix Cafe. Uh, and to everyone who's been watching this video, uh, I'm sure you found it as interesting as I have. And thank you for watching and we'll see you soon at the Calix Cafe.